0: You are listening to the Battle Ready Podcast, and I'm Aaron McManus, and I'm here with my dad, Erwin. I'm going to try to do it like you. Okay, try it. My name is... I can't do it. <laughs>
1: I, I can't do it, okay? I'm just Aaron's dad.
0: It's okay, good to be here. Like well, we have... They, how sweet is the team? They made Battle Ready mugs. I didn't know where these came from. This is awesome. Are we selling these things?
1: Keeping my coffee no. hot? No. That's exclusive.
0: There's just a box of them sitting somewhere. Yeah, no more free ads for Pete's these are, Coffee. These are so cool. Yeah, we we did say, like, we're not sponsored by the coffee shops that we get coffee from, so let's just get our own mugs. We're sponsored by ourselves. Other than the LA Dodgers. Actually, and the, and the LA Dodgers. <laughs> um, can we talk about something real quick? We have, it's really subtle, we don't really ever, we've never done this, mm-hmm. um, but we do have, like, a thing you can do on the podcast on, if you go to the link, in our bio on Instagram, you can support the podcast. You can you can give it. You can give ninety nine cents. Oh, wow. You can give $4.99 <laughs> that like about our value. <laughs> Or you can give nine ninety nine. No, but it's kind of cool. It's because we we host it through this thing called Anchor, and then Anchor okay. added this thing called like sponsor. And a lot of podcasts, even ones we've been on like Minimalists, mm-hmm. they do Patreon where you can you know they only give you five or ten minutes of the podcast, and then and then you go to Patreon can I and you give a shout out to the Minimalist. No, we have our first patron. We have ten. We have 10. I signed on this morning. I haven't been signing on because I've been doing, you well, know,
1: all I know is that ERM stuff. John Gordon wrote a check. He wrote a check? And well, he
0: didn't use Anchor. That's not the point of what I'm talking about. Well. You can go on Anchor <laughs> and you can support the podcast. Really, it's just like, if you know, it helps us do more things here and, and be able to, we want to bring on guests and kind of build this world out of what we do. And, and actually, someday I would like to take this thing on tour. <laughs> I think that would be really fun That would be amazing We can call it uh, the lockdown tour Unlocked oh. But, but if, we do, if we do a
1: tour and we're in a room Doing a podcast How will that be different than doing it in LA? What do you mean? Like if we're doing a tour and we're by ourselves in Detroit Or by
0: ourselves we're in We're not going to be by ourselves Oh we would have an audience? Yes Oh that would be epic We should invite Our first guest should be Gavin Newsom <laughs> oh, you're going go to <laughs> go there. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. I want to stay so out of the politics this week. Today, maybe maybe we should have Donald Trump. He's going to be available. <laughs> I don't he it seems like he has <laughs> no, he has sorry. lots of things to do. So we're not going right. to go there. Okay. Um <laughs> let's start this off. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Thank you for the <laughs> Can we go into positive things today? Can we talk about how the fact that you launched a new brand? a new luxury uh, collection last week, and an assortment of things have happened. But first, let's celebrate. So can we just, can we, can, can we just say, like, congratulations? Thank you so I, much. I don't know who we is. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying congratulations. I'm proud of you as a son who gets to work alongside you and gets to be a part of this project. What you, what you and your team has built doing this thing is phenomenal.
1: It's been a lot of fun. December 4th was our launch at 12 noon. Yes. Rushed over here to uh, just be together to officially launch it out. And yeah. <laughs> what day did we actually
0: launch? Was it's, it Friday? No, December 4th. Yeah, Friday. It's Friday. December 4th, 12 to noon. To be honest, I've barely slept. You've Last been... night was the first night I actually really slept. Yeah, it's so funny when you're, congrat- you're congratulating me, but you've been doing all the work. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no. You know, like, I think this is the thing. You built it, and now I was just cleaning it. i was just hosing it down and letting it like helping but you wait to talk no i think it's your thing i i did the uh create the chaos and you did uh bring
1: meaning to the madness no no (laughs) you made all this stuff and you were like okay now you gotta figure out how to sell it oh yeah i thought that part that part the 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 website didn't even occur to me we
0: needed a website and i said aaron can we get a website and uh... you didn't say that you just said okay (laughs) I guess I guess we'll have to figure out how to sell it. And I was like, "You mean a website?" And you're like, "Yeah, sure." Yeah,
1: yeah. You don't really worry about those things. I don't. It's just like writing books. I love writing. I don't really think about selling. And I love designing, creating. I didn't really think as much about selling. I just want uh, to create these beautiful things. So we launched on Friday. I want to thank everyone who. Has been so supportive and all the incredible comments and encouragements and yeah. I especially want to help. Uh, thank everyone who actually bought something and I which I, which people are which. Well, let's get into it.
0: But keep thanking yeah. people. Keep thanking
1: people. Yeah, no, it's and I and I'm really aware that what I dropped in the first uh, wave of this collection is very very niche in terms of price range. Um, so many people responded saying we love your stuff. We would love to buy it. Maybe one day we'll. Uh, be able to do something like that and have the income to buy it. and I and I'll explain a little later why I chose this particular market. and uh, but I want to thank you guys so, so much. We have other things coming. And by the way, we have uh, really accessible things like this great sweatsuit and and uh, and uh, other uh, the t-shirts, where the nothing wasted kind of declarations, other things that are
0: happening. I've, I've been living in the sweatpants. Oh, that's awesome. I think I'm not sure. I've bought. I've purchased them for other people. I think I borrowed these out of the sample box that we've been using to shoot our, our friends. Are you in. saying you stole? I'm <laughs> saying I borrowed them. <laughs> and, uh, uh, can we uh, put him on the uh, the purchase list,
1: please? This, <laughs> and, uh, I would be me that would put me on the purchase list. That's true. So that's just, true. <laughs> I'm the general manager of the online store. All right, but uh, and then I have to like um, on a on a personal level. Yes. Um, I was reading comments, and there were several comments I read either through DMs that came to me or comments on Instagram, and they made me cry. I was just like so deeply emotional in a good way. Like, in a good way. So touched and so moved. and um, Because it, it was one of those things where we launched on December 4th, and anyone's ever launched a new business, a company, anything new, you understand the um, incredible energy Excitement and the tension and the the terror um, of of not just um, succeeding or failing, which is a huge thing, but it's also just that you're putting yourself out there. You're 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 putting your ideas out there. You're putting your work out there, and you don't know how people are going to respond. And they could either love or hate it. So there's a lot involved as an artist. Yeah. And when you're blending being an artist and an entrepreneur, and so we had so much positive response. But by the end of the night, I started getting a lot of hate. Yeah. And that
0: and, that happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so then I go to sleep having read you know, some pretty pretty intense hate. I wake up each morning and there's like some hate waiting for me. And um and even Sunday morning I woke up and I made the mistake of opening up Instagram and and um and just saw some things and and I wish I were a really really like um hardened person who was more metal, but I, I, you, anybody knows me knows that I'm actually a more um, sensitive artist, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I feel things really deeply. And and even when complete strangers who don't have a right to speak into your life say really critical things, it actually affects me. You know, it right. does. And so I've had to learn how to relate to that. And and I've realized throughout my own life a lot of the reasons. If you look at my life, there's an ebb and flow of. Being very public and then going private, being very public and then going private, and sometimes I disappear for four or five years at a time, and a huge part of that is that I'm not really designed for um, whatever the personality that loves celebrity or the personality that loves fame or the personality that loves that that attention. Yeah, I don't have that personality. I'm, I'm not designed for that. I'm I'm far more designed for a very uh, anonymous. Um, life, yes. <laughs> you know, yes. a private life, yeah. and I would, you know, like I I would dream of disappearing and living someplace and writing books under a pseudonym and people not knowing who I was and yeah. and it's only really my relationship to Jesus that made me a public person, but then once you're a public person, everything you do in life is public, so I have this tension, and uh, and and so I I thought it'd be really great to talk about all the things, but first I just want to like thank everyone because. If you think your positive comment didn't matter, I want you to know it really matters. It,
0: on Saturday morning, like, can I kind of go a little bit of the play-by-play from my perspective, a okay. little bit of it? Because sure, I sure. feel like I'll t- share the negative stuff a bit more than you will. Because <laughs> you're like the Honorable <laughs> Bishop Erwin McManus, and I am the dishonorable. <laughs> no, he, so here's the deal. We, so Friday... Friday happens, we release it around noon, right? and it was awesome, the site looks great, there's so many, you know, I have so many great friends who are sending me typos and misspellings, <laughs> and it, like, you know, you didn't do this, or you need to do this, and you know. Or like, there's
1: too many zeros in too that many jacket. Zero. but most of it was there's too many zeros
0: in the jacket category. Yep. I want to go into like why we priced it the way we priced it, because we've been talking about the pricing for weeks but before i go before i go into that i want to really start with just laying out the, the let's lay out the drama so we're let's, we're past saying thank you to everyone who was so positive yeah thank you so much because we really appreciate the support but then i had to write a post i wrote
1: it in the middle of the night cuz i i couldn't sleep um, about the tension that i was feeling and the dilemma of being a person who's known as a spiritual voice, as a pastor founder of Mosaic, um, but also as a person who all of my life I've been a creative and artist. Um, I've worked outside of the church, and, but for many, many years I did it really privately so that people wouldn't know um, all the work I was doing, Yeah, and, uh, and, and so I wrote this long post, and I've never had such extraordinary response. Uh, I mean, I woke up the next morning and to so like six or seven
0: hundred comments and six
1: thousand. You woke up to me
0: because I slept because I, I I slept at your house because yeah. I was so tired. And your house was yeah. closer than my house to, for the, to the office, and and we were up. So I left the office around eleven thirty, mm-hmm. and then came to your house and was like, "Is there food? Can I can I eat whatever's in your house?" And then me and you sat and talked about the criticism for two hours because mm-hmm. I was responding to. Basically every person who DM'd you negative things, mm-hmm. and I just screenshotted their mean message, and then would DM them for my personal one, mm-hmm. and then be like, "Ha ha, yeah. it's me." So, so let's I, go. I, so I thought I did actually
1: photograph a few of them. And, I did too. And I'm gonna and I want to have like real specific conversations because if you are gonna send like a horrific critique or attack or yeah, then then Battle Ready is a great place to talk about those things, especially you know to bring some correction, because I think that, especially Christians, I, I can tell you, I don't think a single person without Jesus has been negative. They've all been incredibly positive. No. All of my friends who don't know God have sent the kindest text messages. And that's my concern, is only Christians are the ones who have been, like, saying, hey. But I, I, I wanted to kind of like, on a Big scale. I'm 62 years old, which is kind of you know. I'm not a 22 year old kid, or yeah. I'm not a 32 year old guy trying to find his I'm 30, way in life. Don't do that. Don't I'm use me as the example. You, we're just this, a different place in our lives. That isn't about me. And, and and what really struck me is how many people have an opinion on how someone else should live their
0: life. It's so only Christians, man. Only Christians. And, and good. Actually, my friend who does not know God, but has been to Mosaic. Hits me up and goes, why are Christians so angry with you? I don't understand. And and, 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 and first of all, like I, I've learned a, I,
1: over a lifetime, I barely can figure out my own life. How in the world am I
0: going to have an opinion on someone else's life? Well, I have a few opinions. <laughs> you're goofy. You're goofy. You're embarrassing. You're disappointment. And if you're listening and following us and commenting mean stuff, just wait for my responses. And if you're trying to get my responses, I'm not going to give them to you. I can tell when you're fishing. <laughs> I can tell when you're just trying to climb a ladder. And uh, get on your radar. And try to get on Yeah, because there's just people who just try to like, pick a fight. And it's so funny because they're always like, they're, they always have, like I'm, a, I'm a self-help coach, pastor, mm-hmm. youth pastor kid. But it's funny how quickly people will get brave in the comments. And the moment I DM them, hey, let's talk about this. They're like, I'm so sorry. Like, I respect you guys. I'm such a big fan. I'm like, oh, you're just trying to get a little bit of notoriety by bashing someone else on. So I I guess on
1: on a large scale, like, I'm in the public arena. I get what I get. But what I would say is if you're so passionate about how another person should live their life, like you you have so much... Almost like anger about how other people live their lives, I would just encourage you to spend your energy creating the life you want to live for yourself, and making sure that you don't treat the people in your life the the way you're treating someone at distance. Because like for me, I'm I'm looking at it going, wow. If you are attacking me like that, how brutal are you on the people close to you? I'm so sorry for your husband. I'm so sorry for your kids, for your wife, or for your kids. Right. Because like if you are that. Um, opinionated and judgmental about other people, you got to be careful because you probably have unhealthy relationships in your life. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of people who living a life that I would go, I don't think that's really the best idea. Or some people going, man, this is, you know, that's something I, I can really um, get behind. But I don't spend my energy trying to attack those people because I have too much to do with my life. Use your energy creating your life rather than attacking other people who are creating a life. See, and that's
0: the interesting thing, because I feel like the, the criticism that I feel like we got I, I had a couple conversations. There sure. was and, and if you follow that already Podcast mm-hmm. on Instagram, I tend to post all the negative conversations I have on DMs. I'm because glad I don't see all those. <laughs> I know. Cuz you don't watch stories and I post them to the stories. I do I forget the stories exist. I do. <laughs> and it's like my one little space where I can respond and clap back but you don't actually see it cuz you don't check it. So, <laughs> and it, I try and I try
1: not to go to social media too much because honestly my soul just can't take the amount of
0: abuse that lives on that space. Yeah. And I think th- this is this is kind of like where I'm at with all of this. Mm-hmm. Because the first conversation I had was from like an ex Mosaic person who's, you know, is like, I knew that the leadership was corrupt and, you know, I heard a lot of things about you, Aaron, that you were verbally aggressive and mean. Yeah, 100%. I really was. I was not the kindest person when I started being a part of Mosaic. But also, Mosaic was not the kindest people, the mosaic people were not the kindest people back to me. So like, not that it makes it right, but I was in a learning process.
1: But you've really come a long way. I come a long way. You, so you've then, acknowledged that that was really something you wanted to change. It's
0: something I struggle with all the time, yeah. but that's also, it's my struggle, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, it's not that I belittle it or make it or make it as an excuse, but it's a thing that I have to work on is mm-hmm. kindness mm-hmm. And, 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 and doing that. But I thought it was ironic that he started off with, I've, I've found a lot of people, and we're starting to find each other, ex-Mosaic mm-hmm. people, who really think you're a terrible person, and, and we're talking about it. And I'm like, and the irony is that he's like throwing Jesus, what would Jesus do with like selling for this amount of money? And then he's going, but we're finding each other gossiping about you, and then we're going to bring it to, to light. And I'm like, come at me, bro. There is <laughs> nothing you can take from me that I wouldn't give up, except for my family mm-hmm. and, my, and my life. I like mm. my life. <laughs> But you can take the job. You can take the the the, the like the, the public figure side. I would be grateful if you took it. Would be grateful. But there's but you but the ideology around we're going to destroy someone in the in the threat of like anonymity. Mm-hmm. And so I just started going like like you know, it is what it is. Come for me. But the reason why I screenshotted the DMs that were at you is because I do think not everyone was coming at you in like a negative way. There were mm-hmm. just some people who genuinely don't understand. And there was one woman, I'll keep her name anonymous, but I do want to bring up her DM. Cause cause we I sat down and was like, hey, can we answer these questions real quick? Sure. And then you wrote your post. Mm-hmm. So we were sending like long responses. And and she was super like, hey, this is like really helpful. I love the conversation. Yeah. Cause she's like pastor or designer. So I do want to ask her, you her questions publicly because because then the next morning because she basically was, it was like 1.30 in the morning, and she's like, hey, I got to go to sleep. And I'm like, like okay, re, we'll fi- finish this in the morning. And then you would write, written your post, and she read your post, and the next morning she wrote like the kindest message, being like, hey, I just, this post really helped me, helped me understand. Mm. And so I do think a lot of it is like lost in translation, sure. but I do find it odd that the, the posture is negativity first, yes. criticism first, let mm-hmm. me attack this first, why mm-hmm. is it so expensive first? Mm-hmm. And so let's I would let's go in can we get into it? Can we we're in it right now, but can we go into some of these questions or do you have things you would Did like you to? Did
1: you want me to respond to some of the questions she had?
0: I I would like you to, okay. but would you is there anything you want to say before we get into no, it? I think we that's have great a because list of things we want to address. Because
1: I think she's an example of someone who has questions but really was coming from a more sincere place. Yes. And which is different than people who just want to like throw hate because it makes them feel better about themselves, I suppose. Yes. You, you know.
0: L- I like those people. Yeah. Because there's nothing you can say to me now because this is like how it feels. Probably from like 12 p.m. to 1 a.m., it really hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, we were sitting on the couch, yeah, we had the West Wing on in the background, yeah, and we were just like both on our phones, and it just sucked. Yeah, it feels like a like a gut punch,
1: and and I just had to absorb it. And... A gut punch, it feels like a punch to the
0: face, <laughs>
1: like you're getting. Speaking of that, I, I, I think it was uh, Mike Tyson who actually said that social media is a place where people can act like um, they used a different word, but you know, like jerks, yeah, because they know they won't get punched in the face. Ironic. And and I do think that when when you send hate from an anonymous site, you're basically a coward. And like if you're going to send hate, at least just be yourself and just say what you're going to say. And you know I, I have to be public. Like I have to take all the criticism publicly and 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 all the affirmation, whatever's there. I'm not doing it secretly, I'm just doing it as me. So if you're gonna come at me, just you know, be you and don't hide behind something else.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But also this is this is the irony, right? The, the thing I the reason why I like called a lot of these people out was because private DMs are one thing, but the internet is public. Mm-hmm. Like people don't ha- have hold anything back when it comes to us. So I don't. Mm-hmm. I feel like I want to treat people the way they treat us on the internet. If You want to come for us? We'll, well, I'm gonna at least respond publicly. Mm-hmm. But some of these people were posting on their stories pretty hurtful things. Yeah. So then I just responded to them specifically because if you really want to call us out for being Christian leaders and you're a Christian, then let's have let's let's have a conversation. But you should have DM'd us first and take it to us privately. saying, hey, I want to have a conversation about this. That doesn't mean you're gonna get a seat at the table every time because we don't have the bandwidth to handle every person that dislikes us. Mm -hmm. But to some of them, I'm going, oh, you want to patronize us first and and demean us and the things Mm -hmm. that we're doing, but you don't want to actually have a conversation. So this is the funny thing. One, also learn how to argue.
1: Yeah, well, for me, this conversation is important because I'm convinced there are thousands upon thousands of young creatives, artists, designers, writers who are terrified to use their gifts and pursue their calling because of the vitriol, mean, ugly culture inside of Christianity. And and so I want to have this conversation because I'm old enough now to live the life that um, I feel called to live, but there are a lot of people who are afraid to live the life they're created to live, and they need someone to speak on their behalf. So I want to have this conversation,
0: not for me, but for them yeah so do you yes because i'm not one of them but then i am mm. one of them because i go back and forth i'm like i'm not a christian i hate this crap but I love God and I love Jesus. But then I'm like, no, 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 no. I am a Christian and you've got to deal with me now because I'm gonna mess up your whole world. Because yeah. every time you criticize me publicly, you genuinely make us bigger and stronger. Mm-hmm. Cause every time you post about us, all the couple hundred people, like I love when people with small followings post about us. Cause I'm like now a hundred people are talking about us. Now 50 people are talking about us. Now 500 people are talking about yeah. us. W- whether you like it or not, you are feeding the thing that you do not like. Yeah.
1: And I- I'm going to say this personally. Um, When I was in the fashion world 10 years ago and I was getting so much hate and I remember taking a vacation, one of the few vacations I've ever taken in my life with your mom.
0: We take vacations now because we realize rest is actually good. Yeah,
1: it's really good. I love it. And then we
0: work on the vacations.
1: (laughs) And I remember sitting with her, um, this little place, telling her that I didn't know how long I could do this? Um, she said, like, what do you mean? And I, I said, I just don't fit in the Christian world. It's, it doesn't reflect who I am and what I care about as a human being. And um, I thought when giving my life to Jesus, I would be entering a world filled with compassion and kindness, yeah. with grace. Surprise. And, and I said, I, I don't know if my soul can take this. And Kim goes, are, are you saying you don't believe in Jesus anymore? And I said, no, no, I'm saying that Jesus is the only reason I'm here. Yeah, and, and I remember I was having not a crisis of faith, but a crisis of the faith. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and, and then when I came back a couple of years ago, when I wrote um, The Artist in Soul, I disappeared for six years before that, I remember being in the backyard and I immediately got canceled for being a heretic for something, yeah. and I told Kim, I said, it's okay, this time I'm ready. Yeah. this time i know it's a war <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and, uh, but i thought it was a war um against a different um army y- you know yeah. but the war is is a, is a war f- from inside i wish it was a war f- from the outside but it's not it's very interesting isn't yeah. it and and so i think this conversation is really important the one we're going to have even specifically now because um i'm ready i got the dm we cannot let
0: Christianity stay at the level of thinking that it's at. No, but I, I wrestle with this because it's... Do you try to educate everyone, or do you just try to take the people who are willing to go with you with you?
1: Yes, that's what you have to do, but you also...
0: Help. Yes, there are it, two options. You have, It's yes the second one. Okay.
1: You, 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 but you, you give language to the people who already were with you. Like, like there are people all over the world. In fact, people... DMing me saying, "This is what's been in my heart, but I never had the language for it." Yeah. See, and I feel like in some ways God's crafted me to bring words to what people already feel inside
0: of their souls. And, and you know what? It was. Hold on, Mariah McManus is calling me right now on Facetime, and I'm just going to answer it because I just want to make sure. Hey, hey, just so you know, we are filming the Bad Ready podcast, and people will hear you. Can you just say hello to everyone? <laughs> hello, everyone. <laughs> Can you tell him that you, that um that you're going to do another episode of Bad Ready with us soon? Please call me back. <laughs> okay. I, love, I love you. I love you. I love you. I just had to make sure, you know, when you're little such a cause, you got to answer. Um, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I can't remember what I was saying, but I'm sure I was saying something like I don't like Christians, but I love Jesus and 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 we're going to no, get it. No, just we have to elevate the thinking
1: because Christianity has to become the epicenter of human creativity once again. Right, but okay. So this the is what church I was gonna, is not seen as the enemy of the creative
0: spirit. This is what I was going to say. Um, You wrote The Unstoppable Force 20 years ago. You were 41 when you released it? I was 40. Uh, for, actually, for, so I guess I wrote it a little long before that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you started it to when you released it, yeah, you were around 40. Yeah, right. So, Unstoppable Force said some things that the church was adamantly against at the time. Yeah. Could you list a few of those things out? <laughs> Just really quickly.
1: Uh, yeah. I talked about how the church is supposed to be the epicenter of human creativity. No, no, no. But,
0: but that, that wasn't really that one. That's the arts no, and soul. No, no. Oh, what was drew, that one? In Force. But, no, but, 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 but um, in ensemble Force, you lay out— I talk about
1: that uh, creativity is a natural result of spirituality. I wrote yes, that. Yes. You,
0: th- you, you list your, your core values yeah, out.
1: I said, relevance to culture is not optional. Yes.
0: And uh, we, we, you
1: know, even in an ensemble Force, I was arguing— for actually, the anthropology that every human being is a creative. And it's The Artist and Soul became basically the you know, the sequel
0: of An Unsalable Force from the church to the individual. An Unsalable might be one of my favorite books you've ever written in your life. It's a little like, harder to read. It's harder to read. Yeah. But the reason why I think it is, is it's so dense. Mm-hmm. You were quotable on every line of that book. There's probably a thousand pieces of art in the original book that I put into that book. The book is phenomenal, and I'm not trying to sell it to you. If you're a young, like, youth pastor, pastor, believer, not believer, um, whatever you believe in, if you want to study, like, a theological, modern theological book that probably changed the course of the church, read this book. But the reason why it's so important is because you have been establishing things that have driven the church into madness and (laughs) into having to look at itself and reconstruct Mm -hmm. itself. Yeah solvable force you have four or five other books in there between it but then you've got no no probably six or seven but then you have the Artisan soul right. which pretty much ruined the church because now it said what i said 10 20 years ago was right the church is creative mm-hmm. oh, wait no no but what was the opening line of solomon was wrong which book was that um well that's a message i did and but no, but w- which book was that connected to? It
1: might have been connected to "The Artisan and Soul." yeah The Artisan and Soul."
0: Yeah. You, you talk about Solomon being wrong, yeah. because in when you said there's nothing new under the sun. says, "Yes, yeah. there's nothing new under the Sun." And you said it at a major conference, yeah. and I thought we were legitimately not going to make it out of their life. And I wasn't invited back for a decade until, no. until that truth became common in the church. And it was interesting because a little bit of the background of that situation, yeah. we were backstage doing a private thing. It was a lunch and then people just started talking and then you and that probably the other most like the most well known pastoral figure in our world outside mm-hmm. of there's probably like top five. Yeah. You guys end up in a discussion and then before we know it, we're in this locker room or this mm-hmm. stadium. 60 people are in this locker room now. Mm -hmm. Every single person who's working on this Mm -hmm. at a high level is listening to this conversation. You say all of these things. You basically talk about what you're about to preach on. Mm -hmm. He steals your message. We're in a box up in the stadium with everyone who's running this conference, and everyone who heard that conversation knows he just stole your message. So we're going to get into this because we're going to talk about like stealing other people's Mm -hmm. ideas. And then this happens. Then you preach a different message on nothing new under the sun, mm-hmm. and I'm watching every person in that room like jaw dropped because you a thing that you started doing is that you refuse to be praised for your ideas. So mm-hmm. you decide to end this brilliant message and instead of like p- building it big, because you were the guy who was a barbarian way guy, you were the men's mm-hmm. conference, build this big, yell, shout. You had passion. Mm-hmm. And you know, speaking to 20,000 people at a time, you literally went and walked off the stage. You said your final statement, walked off, and like, like, don't clap, don't do anything, and you walked off the stage. And I remember being in the front row being like, can someone please get us out of here? They're gonna, they're <laughs> gonna, they're gonna we're not gonna make it. He's never getting invited back. And also, thank God, because let's wash ourselves clean of this mess. The irony is, you went back and spoke at this conference five, six years later, after you came no, was ten years almost ten yeah. years later after you came out of yeah. your kind of like you decided to go and be more mm-hmm. anonymous, and people thought you gave up your faith. People thought you gave up the church. People thought you gave up everything. But really, no. all you did was went into the you went back into the business sector full time. Yeah,
1: and just stayed away
0: from that whole Christian celebrity world. And, and so, and you did speak, but you only spoke at Mosaic. Yeah, and so which was and a lot of people forget that. Mm-hmm. And you had great people running it day to day, but you, mm-hmm. and you were in an office across the street, and you went yeah. back and forth. But then you go back to the conference, and then you bring it up in an interview. That 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 <laughs> I the, said you guys uh, blacklisted me. Blacklisted you, <laughs> and they acknowledge that they did. <laughs> acknowledge that they did, but but because this was after the first session of that conference. In mm-hmm. the first session of the conference, the guy, the original guy who started the conference, his opening line was: "We all know there's nothing new under no, the sun." No, he
1: said, "We we've all heard it said there's nothing new under the sun," and we all know it's wrong. And so 10 years later, he's actually saying what I said 10 right. years yes, earlier. Yes, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> and he's confirming it. Yes. And that person's actually a friend, but yeah, I love in, in the yeah. moment, 10 years before it, yeah. he did not agree with you. Mm-hmm. If anything, it was like an uh, like a theologically shattering idea yeah. that how could anything in the Bible actually right. be wrong? And that's where,
1: like, uh, after An unstoppable Force, I wrote Chasing Daylight, and in that book, um, I talked about how humans what makes humans unique is that we have the ability to create and that our choices actually co- create the future yes and that in fact in the book i write i write the the most spiritual activity you will ever engage in is choosing and and it was in fact that book got banned from christian bookstores because i wrote it right in the middle of 9-11... So interesting, those same Christian bookstores
0: went bankrupt, and now they don't exist.
1: Yeah, and because I actually said that the idea that the safest place to be is in the center of the will of God is absurd, because the most dangerous place to be is, is in the center of the will of God, because he's not worried about you dying, because he doesn't see death as a tragedy, but as ac- actually as an upgrade, mm. and, uh, and, and God is not worried about your comfort or safety, he's worried about your significance and
0: intention... And I, the reason I mentioned the books were going bankrupt because I think it wasn't actually financially bankrupt I think it was actually spiritually bankrupt and I yeah. think when we go into places where all we hear is the thing that we need to hear and the encouragement that we we're, we become like thirsty for and mm-hmm. that actually the things that God is placing into like I think the future of where the church mm-hmm. is going we end up becoming stagnant and stagnant things die movement mm-hmm. is life but I want to I'm, I'm I'm laying down the the, the the history of this because I, I you can't find this anywhere mm-hmm. then you go into this interview at this conference that you were blacklisted at you right. said you were blacklisted and you said it kind of in a funny way because you're friends with the guy interviewing you. Yeah. All of a sudden, this interview gets deleted. No,
1: no. I tell you afterwards, I guarantee you that interview will never see the light of day. You
0: walked off the stage. Yeah. And you I even did said it, it to them. And you did it. It was like on a, yeah. on like a platform. So people were like watching in yeah. the audience. And you, and you said to them, you're like, this interview will never see the light of day. Later do we know. We find out like a, like a month later. Hey, can we do reshoot a podcast because this podcast got deleted. Somehow our technology didn't work, you know? Yeah. Uh, all the. said, so you had three cameras. And I'm all like, technology. Three cameras. Did it, did, might have deleted it, but I didn't delete <laughs> it. And the 50 other people that were listening did not forget that that happened. Yeah. But I say it that. It was such a great interview. I wish it, such it, a great it had interview. gone public. Yeah. We talk about censorship a lot on this podcast, and it's, it's interesting the things. Yeah. So, anyway, mm-hmm. that's laying down the foundation of controversy. So, now we're, so what you're saying is I've always been controversial. You've always been controversial and I remember growing up being like there's always a moment in his message where he offends the entire room and without a doubt every message there's a there's a moment where you offend the entire room because you always you don't do it to be inten- you don't do it intentionally you do challenge people's thinking and you have always done that and if you mm-hmm. feel like the room is thinking below the level in which it should be or that God expects it to be then you always challenge it even more mm-hmm. and from that point then you started a fashion company yeah in the mix in between these two conference moments, you've you've started a fashion company, and we had a film company. We had and, a film company. Yeah. We did publishing and, tech and some yes. Other things. Yes, yeah. and, and so when people ask, like you know, because I saw a comment, there's like, how high up was he in film fashion before? It was like, no, you weren't high up. You were a part of the. You were part of the the the, the industry. You mm-hmm. were showing your pieces. You were wholesaling them. You were selling them in in Barney's and in Fred Siegel and in Beams Japan. Well, what is does that mean? How high up were you? Well, I think they try to validate your history of well, high. Does anyone actually know where he was in the fashion industry before Are they just saying that because he's hiding behind being a pastor and being a fashion designer and I'm like no 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 I technically worked higher up in the in the fashion industry than you, <laughs> but you may but you actually ran a successful business. I was the lowest person in the luxury fashion like uh, yeah. company. I
1: don't think I've ever been high up anywhere. I think I had this I've started everything I've ever done because yeah. no one ever wanted to hire me. Yeah,
0: no, but but <laughs> so, but like but which we, would
1: be true in pastoring too.
0: <laughs> but we talk about the company that we start, but that we started. I say like, who is we? It wasn't. It wasn't we. It was you. You let me. You always let me jump on. You were making millions and millions of dollars off of World War II. Ba- basically you were taking these these. No, vintage... I wasn't
1: making it. We were we were the company was making millions and millions of dollars.
0: Okay, but you owned the company. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So and, and the reason I'm talking about it is, is, yeah. is the money isn't important, but the money does validate the success. So we were these masks, which is the controversial piece of this collection, they're $250. <laughs> You priced that. <laughs> I did. And, and on, kind of on accident because I was, wh- what you had told me to do, and, yeah. and I, we had done like probably like 200 iterations of the website. Sure. Maybe thousands of edits. Um, and I had priced everything at like the benchmark companies that we were benchmarking. Sure. Because we were looking at brands like mm-hmm. Greg Lauren, mm-hmm. like Fear of God, like Saint Laurent, like Celine. Mm-hmm. And also tons of like indie brands that were that were um, priced at a high level. Rude, mm-hmm. who we like really inspired by. Like a lot of LA local guys, a lot of Japanese guys, mm-hmm. a lot of, I was converting yen to dollar a lot on the internet <laughs> trying to figure out what the heck we should charge. Sure. But you asked me to price everything kind of in the price range in which luxury brands price things mm-hmm. because it is luxury items. Because yeah. this this is vintage just from the 10 years we've had it. And then in 10 years, this thing will be 100 years old, this material, the vintage military canvas. Mm -hmm. And then you tailored it, redesigned it, made in USA by, like, incredible tailors. Mm -hmm. So each and every jacket that we're making in that signature collection is actually some of the highest level craftsmanship you can get in America and in the world. So when— it's priced the way it's priced. Like this mask, and maybe I shouldn't have priced it that high, but it sits in the accessories category in which the brands that we would like to sit with are are, are priced.
1: Yeah. So some guy I That's don't remember me defending his, his name um, creates a meme about you know me making masks. And, I had a long
0: conversation with him.
1: Oh, did you? I did. How evil I am to do it, or you know how? Yeah. And so I want to be really clear. See, this is uh, if you can see this, if you're watching this, this is actually a mask that. We have four people to stay safe. From it's our, mosaic, it's our mosaic mask, and we've given away over nine thousand of these masks. To okay? live by
0: faith, to be known by love, to be to boys be of hope. hope.
1: So we did. Th- I did this with a friend of mine, Tom Penn, who started a company that makes masks for, um, for. Um, major league soccer for the NBA yeah, he was for, the president of LAFC and so we become friends with LAFC he started making these uh, masks and so we did it for Mosaic we gave away almost 10,000 of these masks because this is what we do as a church right we want to take care of people this mask is not the same as this mask. See, this mask is, hey, keep you safe, use it a few days, it's disposable. This mask is a fashion piece that says one day you'll want to have a memento of this dystopian moment where the world was falling apart. And if you want to have a fashion piece that's a fashion statement, then you should buy this. This is a fashion statement. This is a mask that you wear to keep yourself
0: safe. (laughs) I want to be really, really clear that they're not the same thing. (laughs) But a lot of people don't understand this concept. Because I think a lot of Mm -hmm. people live in the free, you know, let's keep myself safe and let's get everything for free because it's a Mm -hmm. church and it's a pastor and and they're connected. But selling these would be perfectly legitimate. We just decided to give them away. Right, because, yeah. uh, Against what I said, because I think, <laughs> cause I think, think, the reason why we let you support the podcast, the reason why we sell things, is because I do believe that. Things should have value and things do have value and when you when there is an exchange there's also an exchange of of belief and there's also an exchange of um of connection so and that's something that you've talked to me that's something that psychologists have talked about mm-hmm. that when you actually pay for something you care about it more mm-hmm. so I want to get into this dm is that okay because and this is from the woman who sure. we actually both I, don't, I I screenshotted her dm that was to you but all you don't really see your dms so i so I screenshotted and addressed it to her. And then we like got into like a great conversation in sure. which she read your comments. So I mentioned earlier in the podcast. She says, wait, wait, wait. A few questions. Are you selling this as a pastor or as a designer? Are you using profits as for-profit, quote-unquote, or donating some to local shelters to help those who are jobless and homeless during the season, question mark? What is the purpose and goal of having a new clothing brand right before Christmas selling between $200 and $5,000? These are genuine questions, and I respect the hell out of you and truly respect your wisdom and leadership, but I would really like to know the answer to these questions. We got into like a really great conversation. I'm sorry for the bad language, um, but I didn't use it. I was quoting. So I would like—we answer the questions to her, um, <laughs> but I would like maybe to address them because I think that kind of hits all of the questions people are having <laughs> right on the nose. Is that are we cool with doing sure, that? Sure, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, so first question, a few questions. Are you selling this as a pastor or designer? See, only
1: people who've been taught wrong put people into categorical boxes like that. Interesting. And uh, I'm selling it as Irwin Raphael McManus. Interesting. And um, my identity isn't being a pastor or being a designer. It's just being me. And I've had a lot of iterations of what I do in my life and what I create right. in my life. And um, but the idea in that pastors are not supposed to be entrepreneurs or have businesses or create work is not even a biblical idea, because Paul was a tent maker. He never stopped making tents. He probably made it out of repurposed World War II material. And well, it would have been a little early. It yeah, have been maybe a little like, earlier. But I you wish know. I had Paul's canvases. <laughs> the I, First I, Egyptian War. <laughs> that would be amazing. But there was never any mindset. Of I mean, Paul was clearly, clearly wealthy. And uh, making tents was never a violation to being an apostle. It was never Paul are you are you making tents as an apostle, or Paul are you making tents as a tent maker? That dichotomy is a a distorted modern construct.
0: Where does it come mm. from?
1: Well, it probably came from when, especially in the Catholic Church, um, the the priests became completely dependent financially in the church and the church became abusing people financially. and um, which, Mar-
0: which brings it to like the Martin Luther area
1: of well, the w- I mean, way before that, right, was right, when right. there was such massive abuse. And it, there would not have been abuse if pastors had actually been businessmen and right. if they had actually stayed working in their companies or had careers in other arenas. I've always worked outside of the church. and
0: No, say that. I, I don't think people actually... like. That's a moment I want to pause on because I don't actually yeah. think people believe it. Yeah, I think it's because... It, um which is fascinating to me because I was in the boardrooms as a kid when you'd pull me from a field trip and be like, yo, I gotta go to work real quick, you're coming with me because I'm not <laughs> leaving you here. This is boring.
1: Yeah, I, I think some of it is that uh people
0: use their own preconceived judgments, you, you know. And Do you think it's because it breaks the paradigm and what their projected understanding of what a pastor should be? Well, yeah, I, I think I disappoint people by not being what
1: they need me to be. Yeah you know, yeah. or what they want me to be. And uh, this was true the first time around when I, you know, when I was doing this company, you know, or doing the studios over a dozen years ago. But this was true before when I worked as a futurist. And people go, wait a minute, what are you doing working as a futurist? And, you know, what are you doing working for other companies? And, yeah.
0: and... Which, uh, which, if you don't understand what a future is, he kind of, he really did kind of coin the term, with a, the with a, with a group of a few other people, that basically you were doing projection consulting. Like how to understand. The yeah, I, I would just, yeah,
1: I, I had a, an ability to look at trends and look at culture, look at movements, values,
0: and know where things are going to go for businesses, for universities, for companies. And So you'd sit at C-suite level situations and yeah. you would help them understand where they're going as, as a company after yeah. looking through, whether it's relationships, conversations, seeing how they operated. And usually you were able to do it pretty quickly. I was. I was able to assess
1: things really fast and uh, figure out why companies were losing money, figure out how they can actually become profitable. I also, that was a part of what I did and I enjoyed doing that. And um, But also I, I was able to help organizations figure out what kind of future they wanted to create and figure out the
0: choices they needed to make to create the kind of future and that's it, what I did for a living. It must have been so frustrating when you did that in, this, in, in the mainstream world at a high level for people who were paying you lots of money to do it. They'd actually listen Mm-hmm. you come to the church space you tell them where they're going and if they're going to survive or not mm-hmm. and they wouldn't listen yeah <laughs> and that is my point of of what you do for free oftentimes isn't valued yeah and, and, Cause, and cause yeah. when you would do that in the church space you would help so many friends and go like this is where you're going if you do not see that you were dying
1: I tried to do it for christianity christianity was just so difficult to to teach right the church was really difficult to uh, um to help but one of the things interesting to me is like when I turned down seven-figure incomes, and chose to come to Los Angeles to work for free, none of the haters were trying to help me. No. And when I decided to become the pastor, and my opening salary was seventeen thousand dollars a year total package, um, no one was trying to supplement my income. See, I had to go work because I had a wife and three kids, and and uh, and all of you were you know young. You and Mariah were. Three and one month old, and yeah. and um, and if I had seen the church as an economic platform, I would have stayed in the South and the Midwest. I could have pastored a really large church, and I mean, I turned down
0: seven figures both in the secular and the church world. And, it is something I do love about Texans because you know, the, because there were some very wealthy Texans when you were in Dallas saying, "What do you want? We, yeah. like we see the value." Stay here. We will build it around you and pay you an absurd amount of money because we because they really believed in you. Yeah, I had billionaires asking me to stay. In they Texas were mad at you or, for leaving, yeah,
1: or or going to Atlanta, and I chose to come to LA where nobody wanted to finance me, and um, and for over ten years, there was no one trying to help me when my income for over in almost a twenty year period of time probably ended up never being over twenty thousand a year, and for ten years of my life I didn't make over twelve thousand dollars a year. See, there was no one going, oh, wait a minute, this isn't right or this isn't fair. And so I always think it's interesting that people want to give input when they think you're making too much, but nobody wants to step up when they think you're making too little. It's so interesting, isn't it? And I I made choices. Like, I've never needed the church to make money. I've actually lost money because I chose to serve the church. Right. And so I, I think some of the mindset is, do you only want pastors who do not have... Entrepreneurial gifts and capacity leading the church, or do you want people who actually can run businesses and actually can create wealth,
0: um, also serving the church? In, because it with their feels gifts like it's an either
1: or. Because we're, we're people want to always make it an either or,
0: and it's why you can't let other people make only two options. When there's no. o- whenever there's only two options, I go mm-hmm. that's not even true. Right? There's always options. Yeah,
1: and and I look at even like in the world of art. Like I have a friend named Mako Fujimura, and he just DM'd me I think this uh, yesterday, and um, I I would love to own one of Mako's pieces. I just I can't they're, afford his pieces. They're so insane. I mean, I I like, just now I wish I'd bought one of his pieces when I when I first knew him cuz he was But he was
0: big back then. Well, yeah, but 10 then years ago.
1: then I could have bought something for 50,000 and now yeah, it's going to take me a yeah, half a million. No no no, no, no. no,
0: no. No, if you're watching YouTube, uh, 50,000 is this big.
1: Yeah, 50,000 is like, a pocket-sized painting from Marco. Yeah.
0: You know, and yeah. uh, and he, he uh, now, I mean, but he, his lo- he mostly does large-scale paint like he, like like whole wall yeah, paintings. And, and
1: I and I in some of the most like the probably the most affluent family I've ever been in their house. They have Mako Fujimoras on their walls, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. he's Which, my- like
0: like there's like five families in LA that like museums and buildings are named after, and 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 yeah. one of them. Yeah, like I could say the name, and, yeah, that, and the, half the kids that go to USC would know who that person is because all the buildings named after him. Yeah, and it's they have twenty of them in their I house. I don't even know how many, but but yeah.
1: my whole point is, and he does abstract paintings, right? So so he's imagining,
0: and it looks when like he takes gold fibers, uses
1: precious metals, metals materials, materials
0: and, and then he has this paper that only one like team in Japan, because he's Japanese right. makes, and they're literally dying. So when at the end of at the end of their lives, he will never have this material ever again. And he yeah. infuses the material, the minerals yeah. and, the, and the... Anyways, keep going. So if he makes a work of art that's going to be valued
1: at $10 million, right. is that unethical? Should he, should he only spend his life... Creating art that everyone can buy. Like, so, so you know, because right. he could probably just throw splatter on something and sell it for 50 bucks because he's so talented. It,
0: like and
1: His signature is probably worth more than. Right. But the, the way Christians clothing. think, and I'm going to yeah. say this, and I'm going to be Christian specific right now. The way Christians think is that if you create something that I can't afford, you're unethical. And I'm like, Mako, I'm so grateful you can create art that if I sold everything I owned, I may not be able to afford it. And I want you to create art that I can never afford because the world can't afford for you not to create your art. Yeah. And so where did this idea come from that you can only make things that everyone can afford? It's a very um, flat-lined socialist mindset that says... um, everything that can only be bought by a few people is wrong. Like I, I, I looked at um, Elon Musk's new Tesla, is yeah. it the Roadster?
0: The Roadster, yeah.
1: I thought, oh, I'd love to own that thing, $260,000 for a thousand people on the waiting list, whatever the investors yeah. wait. Yeah. And I looked at that thing and I thought, wow, I would love to have that. I'm not going to spend $260,000 because,
0: you know, I'd have to, like, finance my house or something, you know. But that's <laughs> not even true. That's not even true. Because we, we were having this conversation, yeah. and I don't want us to go into, like, a pretentious, you yeah. think, that people are going to hear this next one minute and think yeah. like, they're the most egotistical people. But our mindset has shifted mm-hmm. in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Because 10 years ago, when we were making, you were making a lot of money, you weren't paying me very well. But I got to live off of your generosity. You were an intern. (laughs) I was the janitor. This is the funny thing because we were working with this stuff, this vintage military canvas. Mm -hmm. And the irony that Paul was a tent maker is ironic because a lot of this is tent half shelters. It was the thing that they would coat in wax and put over the tents to make sure when they rained and wore it. So I'm going to say
1: this before you start whining. Aaron has always been my lowest paid employee.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's <laughs> you know. So when he when he started it is a, the company, it is a fight we have had for, a for the whole
1: time we had the company, he was always my lowest paid employee. Lowest paid. And then, and when you paid. started here, you
0: started out really, really low. Even you know, yeah, you wouldn't pay me because I was a hot mess.
1: Yeah, and, and I
0: was angry, and I was a, not a nice person, and so I had to learn some things. And 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 so this is my thing. You took me off my rant,
1: and you're one of the few people I have fired a few times.
0: Yeah, and I've handed in my resignation many times. Many times, yes. And there's been many times where you have put me going like, "Hey, we invest in your future, but you need to like n- shut your mouth and sit mm-hmm. down in your bench for a long time." Um, with that said, um, you got me off my train. So these are tents. These are oh, huge. No, 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 no. I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking. No, no. Um, they're huge tents. So when you like throw that, we fold them up. But like when you throw them out, mm-hmm. they're pretty massive. Like, yep. like ten. Some of them are twenty by twenty. Some of them are ten by ten. Some of them are seven by five. Whatever. But they smell so insanely bad, <laughs> and not individually, like if you have this mask, like we wash it, we put a treatment, we like even put it in like, an ar- like aromatic like rooms so that it smells better. But when it sits in your car, and it sits in your house, which so much of this is sitting in my apartment that I've had, to the point where I've, I can't stay there anymore, because it smells through the floor. I can smell it. It reeks. I had to sell my car. After we stopped our last company, because it smelled so bad, I would like go on a date, and the girl's was dating was like, "Dude, you, this car sm- reeks of vintage material." Because you would have me running around the city, throwing, like, throwing stuff in my car and throwing like, all over the world, like all over the all over the city, and I was the runner. And so I just like I don't even know. So it comes at a cost. It comes at a cost. <laughs> it comes at a cost.
1: No, but, what, what I'm saying is, but I want to go back and say, I I'm glad that. Tesla's making cars that most people can't afford.
0: Yes, and our mindset has shifted because I think the more in the church world we are, the, the more nervous we get for our success outside of church. When we're in the church world primarily, mm-hmm. we there are Instagrams, there are websites, there are people on Twitter, there are people on Instagram that just bash Christians mm-hmm. for or, and pastors for being successful. Mm-hmm. The irony is... They they have such a problem with with church with pastors being successful, but the irony is that our success, you should want pastors to be successful. I love Koreans. Koreans want the pastors to be successful. They feel like it is on themselves to be generous to the pastors to be successful. We, in our world, we go, no, we're going to be businessmen as well, and it makes a lot of businessmen feel uncomfortable, but you have a crew of really great friends mm-hmm. who have helped shift our mindset because they're all phenomenal business people. Who are incredibly generous, mm-hmm. and they are the primary funders of Mosaic, mm-hmm. and they also are people who are like, no, no, you sat down with them at a dinner, like, yes. uh, like three weeks ago, yeah, and then you called me and were like, all the prices are too cheap. Yeah, so
1: this is uh, so this ex- answers part of the question um, with pricing. I sat down with three of my friends who are super successful, yes, and they um, started asking me questions about the line. I showed him some of the photographs and everything. And then they asked me the price point. I bumped it up a little bit in my head. And I said, maybe yeah. around here. Yeah. And they immediately all said, uh, you're way off. You're charging way too low. You don't have a viable model. Uh, if we're going to help you. And it's like oh, yeah. they all just took it on saying, yeah. you know, we're, we're, you know, we're going to help you think this through. And... um and then one of them just looked at me and said, you need to have more respect for yourself yeah. and your brand and your value. And so we started working that through, and I, I had to kind of step back and reflect on that. And, and I never went up as much as they recommended I should go up. Right. I right, kind right. of found a, a midpoint in there where I felt like, okay... We're going to have a viable company if I do this, and because I want to keep doing this. this. is not a nonprofit. This is a for-profit. This is a company. And so I have to pay employees. I'm paying people you You're know, not for paying the work. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs>
0: That's my good discount. You said no.
1: Okay. Well, I don't consider you... <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
1: Um, and I made a decision that this is something I want to do and build on... Um, into and uh, and so i had to think through what i'm trying to accomplish right and so the the price point really came on actual value going if i was not a pastor if i didn't if i wasn't factoring in all the hate that would come from the christian world right. if i was just going into the design and fashion world how would i lay this out yeah and so i got closer to that
0: yeah and, uh, and still undershot it like definitely undershot it yeah. but which um, is which is which is a crazy idea because most people are going like how could you charge thirty two fifty 50 for a for you know a, a parka mm-hmm. and i'm like no actually if you look and we're getting compared to greg lauren they're saying you're ripping off greg, greg lauren but i want to address that right now okay mm-hmm. so i got a, i got a, a dm from this uh girl and, and if you don't know who greg lauren is i think he's the son or the nephew you think he's the, the nephew, nephew of ralph lauren yeah and so I well, he's a phenomenal artist check him out he's in yeah. LA now
1: so I, I get this and it says um, it has a, a they took a photograph of Greg Lauren's site and it said followed by Irwin McManus and they circled it and then um, she Sarah says Irwin um, McManus follows the designer he copied and I went Oh, wow. Uh, one. I never even thought about looking at who follows who. I thought that's interesting.
0: Yeah, and, really petty people do that.
1: yeah, I, I didn't know you could do
0: that. Then I, so I then I clicked on her. I I'm also I blocked her on your account because I am in all of your accounts. Okay. and I'm the one who blocked her. And I'm pretty sure she's a front for an like a like a celebrity pastor Instagram talking trash thing, because I think what he does is he creates fake Instagrams and then posts about trash talking from random people's accounts. So, anyways, yeah, here, 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 here. it's conspiracy. Oh so,
1: yeah, so I look at the, and, and I look at her site and it says, "Be the change you wish to see in the world," Gandhi. And and I thought, love Gandhi yeah but if you if you want to be the change you you wish to see in the world, why would you become a trash talker <laughs> like yeah. you know so first of all, I thought this is probably not a great application of what you put down, but then I thought, oh wow, um, I didn't even think about the fact that someone would ever think I was copying greg lauren and and I- so I wanted to like show oh and then so then some other guy picks us up, some preacher.
0: Don't say that. Fashion thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: Right? Oh, yeah. Which and so then he, suddenly I get on my thing and it goes, check out Erwin McManus' new line. He, he's sending us to Greg Lauren. Um, uh, they copy your designs, that's for sure. Erwin McManus, don't copy other artists' work. Embarrassing 10 years of dreams work, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm reading these going, oh, wow. So she kind of starts this chain. So this is how that happened. I think this is really funny. So,
0: Greg Lauren started in t- 2011.
1: Yeah, and I started in 2009 with Maganda Studios. Re- with, and when we were doing um, our bags and everything like that, and yeah. uh, I had to repurpose military material. I remember. In 2011, I think it was, I went to a pop-up shop in Soho because we had a place in Soho. and in Soho, New York. And Greg did a pop-up over there because we were using military material. Yeah. I walk in yeah. and
0: I see he starts using military material. I remember because you sent me photos. You're like, yo, we have to check out this collection. And this so guy's amazing. we are got to buy some of his stuff and support him yeah. in the same like world that we were in. But it never, I
1: never had the thought of how dare he use yeah. the same material I'm using. I've been using this for three years. I yeah. now have the market on it. Yeah. And, uh, and then... We, and then in uh, around uh, 2012, I stepped out of the fashion world. He kept going, built an amazing um, line. In 2014, I got uh, one of my friends said, um, "Hey, do you want to come to Greg's uh, family and friends pop-up shop over Melrose and
0: Highland?" Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Christmas, you and I went over there, which is which is crazy because it's like in the neighbor so like he i thought he was a he, new Yorker and then all of a sudden he's around the corner, his corner his office around the corner from our <laughs> church and in, in your house and so we went out there and at that time he was doing these plush like, like super big loop thick knit And woven. So we bought everything we could afford. No, but the cool thing was his family and friends. So he's selling it like at wholesale. It was like yeah, we don't want to say how cheap it was. No, it was like yeah, because we want to keep respect for his brand.
1: Yeah, but but but, you know, it's like super expensive stuff that we were getting at a at a uh, nothing but love kind of discount. Yes, and we and so we all treated each other that year. But that was 2014. Uh, But there was nothing really military
0: in there that day that I can remember. Yeah, I don't know. It was all—because he does—he changes it up. Like, he has, like—a lot Mm -hmm. of it's, like, dead stock vintage. But But he's not the only one who does that. No,
1: but my whole point is, in the whole last 12 years, it never even occurred to me to follow him on Instagram. What happened was I was sending designs to people like Jerry Lorenzo from Fear of God and to Renee from RTH used to be with Ralph Lauren and Tamir Cohen who is a, a jewelry designer super it's and to, local to, legend to, uh, guy. Yeah. Uh Brandt Kreider over at Saint Laurent in New York and, and just and and you know getting perspective and feedback.
0: And then like and then like a few billionaire CEOs at your friends. Yes. And so we're not yeah. going to name them out of their own anonymity, but like they yeah, like being super like, private. Yeah, guys who went to Ivy Leagues that have like MBAs. A lot and, of Columbia grads and, yeah, doing it. Yeah. So Cornell So Harbor,
1: Then Princeton. I sent it to Muir, and Mior goes, This is beautiful. He goes, it he goes, it reminds me of Greg Lauren. And he goes, and then, you know, and then he said some really wonderful things, you yeah. know. And but he never for a second was like, Oh, you're copying Greg. He was like, You should check it out. So I thought, oh, I should check it out. So I had never even gone to Greg's site, didn't even know what he was doing anymore. Yeah. And so I decided, oh, I'll follow him, just like I follow Jerry and other designers. Yeah. So I'm, quote, caught following the person I stole from, except I
0: didn't even see his stuff until after our collection had been released. No, but it doesn't <laughs> matter. He didn't, he doesn't have... The, he doesn't corner the market on vintage military World War II stuff. Lots of people integrate that into the collection. But what is the mindset that now goes, "Oh, you clearly couldn't have owned this material for the last twelve years, I, although I have had it in a warehouse sitting for a decade." I could <laughs> not. I could, and then they were comparing nothing wasted to whatever he like slogan he uses. Which well, I like, didn't even know his slogan? I didn't know it either. She like mentions it like that petty. Um, Girl was like mentioning it in her thing. And I was just like, uh, I, we use repur- the idea, we were using repurposed materials long before actually it was in J. Crew and before it was like yep. people were doing collabs. With we it saw other people stealing our ideas. our ideas. I could not fit the list of names of churches and pastors and Christians who steal our creative stuff for Mosaic. All right, but the thing is that. No, no, like I literally could not fit it in a credit listing as long as like the Lord of the Rings trilogy. But because it's a church, it should considered open source. Yeah. But it doesn't not piss me off when I'm like, yo, you could have at least tagged us and let us know. Yeah. Let people know that where it came from. Well, anyone who
1: is um, a designer can see the difference between Greg's work and my work. And I hope one day my work is as good as his. I'm just getting started again. Yeah. You know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really proud of what we've done. I love his stuff, and I would have no problem buying his stuff and wearing it because I think and, it's
0: brilliant. And, <laughs> and if you met him and Like, this is the thing. There's no embarrassment. No, he would know that there's a difference. He could see the difference. In fact, he might be insulted that someone might think that my. For sure. He'd be like, I've been working on this for 12 years. These guys did it for three months and then they're being compared to me. Like, that'd be. But that isn't the point, right? Like, people just want to hurt you and people want to hurt us. They 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 want to prove somehow that you're not valid. But the irony is that if they're comparing us to Greg Lauren, we are underpriced. (laughs) Yes, I was going to say. His stuff is even more expensive than ours way more expensive, like thousands of dollars more. We actually sat, made sure that we sat under his pricing because yeah. we're like, look, we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Let's get there. But this is the cost of what it takes to make goods mm-hmm. in the U.S. here. Yeah.
1: And, you know, one of the people we're um, pretty close to is Jerry Lorenzo at Fear of God. And and when I sent some of the early images to Jerry, he's like, oh, man, vintage is a great foundation for any new line. And he was one of the people who actually encouraged me to keep going and to trust Um this direction, and and yeah. he was one of the ones who told me, don't undervalue yourself. Make yeah. sure that you, you put a price on it that it reflects your work and the value of what you're doing.
0: Okay, so we've spent a lot of time on this question. So can I can we jump to the next question real quick? Sure. Because I want to I want to fire these off. So pastor, so just answer real quick. Pastor designer, human. Right. Okay, <laughs> that's a great example. This the third option. Um, <laughs> are you using the prophets as? Are you using profits as for profit or donating some to local shelters to help those who are jobless and homeless during the season? I find that an odd question because nowhere on the site does it say we're nonprofit. It's very clear that we're for profit. But can you answer that Re- real quick, though? Like, let's let's we went on forty five minutes on that question, both because we were heated. Yeah, my
1: wife and I give a ton of money away, and what we do privately isn't something we make public because Jesus says that when you give money, you should do it privately. Not right. to let people think you're generous, but to actually be generous.
0: Right. I think a lot of companies... So are you using it for profit or non-profit? For profit? No, non-profit? the company is for profit. For profit. So the company is separate from Mosaic. Oh, completely. Yes, but we hire Mosaic people. Because of the best people in the world. Yes. So <laughs> Nicole Lewis is being hired to shoot all of our photos. She's and, amazing. And she's unreal. And I talked with her and go... What cameras would you use to mm-hmm. shoot this? And let's go get them. And yeah. then we go and get them. And then we rent them and do the whole thing. What models would you use? Which people would you use? Yeah. And we collaborate. You know, like we, we, we build from the inside because we believe we have the best people. Yeah, because we're family. Right. So, okay. So, so, next question. Oh, and also, like, it's for profit. We hire people who need jobs. Yeah. I was able to hire people over the weekend to help me with the launch who did not have jobs because they've been furloughed or their hours have been reduced so much. Mm-hmm. So and I'm not hiding behind that, but I'm a, we're a, we're generative. We're providers. Yeah. We don't hide behind this idea that people need to give us money. No, Mosaic a part of Mosaic in tithing, that's biblical. Because mm-hmm. this kid brought it up. If, you could, like, if you're making so much money, you're charging so much money, you guys should pay for Mosaic. No, 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 no. That isn't the point. We should be a part of the sacrifice. We should be a part of the tithe. And on top of the tithe, we should be a part of the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. As a Which Christian, we always have been. Always have been. As a Christian, we are called the tithe. Mm-hmm. That's biblical. Right. 10% of our income goes to Mosaic. If you're not, if listening and you don't believe in God, yeah, it is crazy. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But when you believe in God, you step into a certain standard yeah. of generosity. But
1: most of the people who ask questions about giving don't, don't tithe. Give. They, don't, they give.
0: don't tithe. Oh, because the church doesn't meet my needs and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. When I, one of my best friends, we we're having this conversation, and he said, I need to take a, I need to take a season away from church. I'm not going to help, and I'm not going to go. Mm-hmm. And I called him immediately, and I said, all I care about is, is you, we doesn't change our friendship, and he goes. But I'm gonna still give, mm-hmm. and I said, but why would you give if you don't go mm-hmm. and you don't want to serve? And he goes, because it's that's not a part of it. He goes, mm-hmm. I need to figure out my relationship to serving and going, mm-hmm. but this is biblical. Mm-hmm. If I didn't give here, I would be giving at another church, but I'm giving here because this is my home. This is where it was so built. I'm gonna say something so like I that is the say. perfect situation.
1: Yeah. Kim and I have always tithed, and we've always given way above our tithe, right? And the church has never met my needs. Okay. And because, one... That's <laughs> <laughs> because
0: That's a different podcast. Because who
1: who pastors the pastor? Yeah. No one. like who speaks into the life of the person who's speaking to everyone's life. Yeah, it's tough. It, you it's know, a lonely job. I, I don't go Calling. to church for church to meet my needs. In fact, I go to when I'm involved in church, it is it's draining all the life energy I have out of me to give what I give.
0: And what I love about the season of your life, and I don't know, I'm speaking for you, but it seems like God is placed incredible people around you in the last five years who genuinely pour into you on a relational level. This is the
1: most fun I think I've ever had in terms of new friendships. Man, I got people in my life right now, and and I don't know if I would have started this company without those people in my life. They've been so supportive.
0: Okay, so this is the last question that she asked. What is the purpose and goal of having a new clothing brand right before Christmas selling between $200 and $5,000?
1: Well, Christmas is the best time to launch. Yes, a brand because yes. if people want to buy something for someone they love, yes, uh, it's it's when you sell. So it's just right. a good financial business decision to do that. Well, I didn't launch on Black Friday because I didn't want to be a part of the chaos of Black Friday, and I don't know that we ever will do a Black Friday. No, because I and I we didn't want to start it. on sale. I started for sale, not on sale. Right, and and so I think that. The idea—oh, and this guy, so, man.
0: So wait, so hold on. So I want to ask another a series okay. of questions. This is my line of, 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 an, of an investigation is that, okay, so then people would go, you're $3,000, $3,200 for a jacket. That's materialism. Mm-hmm. So why—how can you be materialistic when Jesus says, get rid of all your material possessions? He doesn't say that. But he, they're he, quoting he,
1: verses. Right, but he says that to a person, right. and um, he says different things to different people. Interesting. And in fact, when you look in the book of Acts, when Ananias and Sapphira, uh, they were judged because they pretended to sell land. And what actually they were told was, wasn't that land yours to keep? Yeah, just don't lie about it. Just don't lie about it. Don't pretend you're being generous.
0: Mm.
1: And which is one of the reasons I'm not connecting the company going, oh, you should buy this jacket because we're doing this. Now, if you can't afford the jacket, don't buy it. And but if you can afford the jacket, it's something that um, you would really appreciate. And I think it's really interesting when you look at um, like fast fashion, like Zara, Topshop, and people buy stuff that H&M. is highly disposable all the time. Yeah. And the you know the the two most expensive jackets that are in the military vintage design. Um, those jackets will actually have more value in twenty years. Yes. I mean, in twenty years they're going to be hundred years old. It's art. Yeah, and you can't destroy those because the war didn't destroy them, and eighty years of, so of storage like didn't that. destroy them. And yeah. it's, to me, something really timeless and beautiful. And um, I do consider them art, and I think the art is timeless. And
0: um, and craftsmanship, craftsmanship is one thing. So, like the difference between I would say fast fashion and luxury yeah. fashion is you can find similar things at both. Mm-hmm. The difference is how it's made. Google Zara and Brazil. Google a lot of these places in in second world countries, third world mm-hmm. countries, and and Google their factories. Like we're yeah. making our stuff locally by by like incredible people. Yeah, and I'm sure we're gonna get into situations where we're gonna have to investigate factories and we're gonna have to do even more research. But yeah. that's also why we made things local. We could be here. We could touch. We could talk to people. Mm-hmm. We could see the work that they're producing, and they're yeah. amazing, amazing craftsmen.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the interesting things is one of my friends came by and he said. Uh you know, I got a buddy who's made hundreds of millions of dollars by selling shirts for like a dollar S- Selling pro- denim. Yeah. Oh, is denim it? for a dollar yeah. profit because he's making them out of Bangladesh and so he can lowball every company in the world. Yeah, But you're at a dollar cost. Yeah. But you're using sweatshops. You're use you're yeah. you're, you're you're using people. Humans. Yeah. And uh and what what I think is interesting is like this this mindset of you should charge almost nothing and then we should be against dehumanizing sweatshops. Look, if you want to make sure people are taken care of when they're working, you gotta be willing to pay more money. That's true. And uh
0: so I don't, you should so you should pay me more money then? <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, and, and so like if I were looking at it from a just like, oh, yeah. I want to take advantage of being a pastor, yeah, then I would have made sure I made I bought one dollar t shirts and sold them for twenty. You right. know, or sold them for 50, whatever. Right. Because then you have 250,000 people who, you know, um, are, are fans and love what you do, and they can, they can all afford it. Yeah. So if I were actually trying to design something to take advantage of being a pastor, I would have made everything under $100, and it would have been a fast and easy way to have a $10, $20 million company. Right. I did not want to use... My relationship as a pastor to the audience I have to build this company.
0: Yeah, that is the, actually the irony is that yeah. people are like you're using the fame that you got from church. Well, one, most people at Mosaic don't know you're well known. <laughs> yeah, they, that's like true. they have because you keep the Christian industry world so far out of like yeah. we don't have a Christian bookstore at Mosaic. No. We sell your books, we sell like some mm. of your friends, but like they don't have this idea that there's this whole industry that they need to go to other conferences and be a part of. It. Like I would say, 90 percent of the church doesn't realize that. There's other like things out there yeah. in that way because so many of the people have come to Jesus at Mosaic. and so we, it's like a, you're very protective. Like, hey, mm-hmm. go here, go to church here, and there's some great people. But you know, this is the, this is our home. We're building this. If when people call you out for saying you use your fame here to do this, I'm like, no, actually, you're 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 I also don't like the word famous or celebrity because yeah. like in context, like we're not that famous, we're not that celebrity. Only in, like a niche world are we well known. Yeah. And,
1: we're, we're, we're anonymous to almost all 7 billion people on the planet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's just like the 0.01% who's really useless and angry that like has a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we're in that space, I'm like, I, 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 you got well-known because you wrote really great books and then you spoke all over the world. Mm-hmm. And because you built churches in the ghettos and they grew mm-hmm. with diverse people, with Artists and people were fascinated by it. So mm-hmm. They brought you in as a case study: as that how is this guy growing things in yeah. a way with no money, with no support, mm-hmm. with just people who were serving and building, yeah. and he's serving and building. So that's the beautiful thing about that. So if, you, if when you make that point of like, if I was selling stuff under a hundred dollars, I that's that's I'm selling to the church market, right? And if if I'd wanted a
1: get rich quick scheme, I would have built a company where I sell everything for under a hundred bucks, and it would have been right. the easiest success. I've actually chosen a path where success is really difficult to achieve. I've chosen to try to create something where my relationship as a pastor has zero uh, benefit virtually. (laughs) And when you sell something for $2,600 or you sell something for $3,200, you either create something with quality that inspires people and compels them to buy it and want to wear it, or you don't survive. And so if anything, you should realize that what I've done is I've made sure that my Christian celebrity, which I don't have, but that's what people are trying to you know, point to, has almost no bearing on whether I succeed or not. If I'm not a good enough designer and artist, I will fail. And all of you who want me to fail, you'll get to enjoy that. Yeah. And um, But I wanted to succeed or fail based on doing... Something that I'm really proud of,
0: and that I felt would be timeless, and yeah. um, so I'm actually really proud of it. By the way, and and and, and just a so question for the haters, yeah. and for the people who like to talk trash, we sold a lot of those jackets. We sold yeah. a lot of those jackets, and not, and ironically, not from like, you know, I can't afford that jacket. That's the irony. Yeah. So no, so you don't want to address it. No, I want to address well, the success. Well, we sold a lot of stuff. We did. We made money. <laughs> We're su- we're a su- we're a success in our own right in that in in that we have made sales and things are growing, and it's like it's hard. How do you sell s- black sweatpants that cost two hundred sixty bucks when no one can come and feel them? All I'm gonna say is that they're really soft. They are really really soft. That's what I'm wearing right now, and I I, I wear them every day right now. So and, th- and this is my this is my <laughs> response to the one kid who like. I had shot with some of my friends, this, this photographer, I think his name was Ty. And I was like, basically, I'm gonna talk, like, thank you so much for fueling this conversation. Cause I screen recorded our entire DM conversation and then I posted it to Bad Ready Podcast. Cause mm-hmm. I, some of you, you know, you, you know, whatever. Right? I think, I think people should see how other people talk to people in private. Mm-hmm. And he's like, cussing me out, having this conversation. And I'm going, look, you're fueling my greatness. Because you're saying I'm a materialistic person, but I want to create the greatest materials on earth. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use, and I'm, I'm not hiding behind Jesus, but if you're going to use Jesus, I'm going to say he, may, he turned water into wine and turned it into the best wine. His response was, he gave it away for free. And I'm like, there is no winning <laughs> in this conversation because your rationale is not actually legitimate. Mm-hmm. So, what, I, what I I'll say to this is that every time you talk about us, mm-hmm. we get larger, <laughs> even if you hate us. Because some of the and the more they hate us, the more they put us in the same category as the people who want to be in the category. Well, well,
1: what I would say, too, though, is the mindset of modern Christianity would not allow a Picasso to exist, mm. uh, it would not allow a, a Ralph Lauren to exist, no, and it would not um, allow a Jerry Lorenzo to exist, no, and um, it would not allow a Malcolm Fujimori to exist. And and I'm not saying I'm in the category of those people, but I am saying I'm aspiring to be in their category. And, and I will say that while my faith in Jesus and my relationship to the church has been an incredible gift in so many ways, the one place that I uh, feel that the church has been toxic has been in my freedom to create as a designer and an artist and uh, even to write and, it, and we have to destroy this mindset that um, things should not be created that have high value. And, uh, and so, you know, I'm... I I want to stand where and sit where the Louis Vuitton is, and I want to sit in the where the Saint Laurent is, or where you know, man. You got I got
0: fifty years to go.
1: I got a long time to go. I hope I live that long. You know, yeah. I look at. I mean, I I celebrate what has happened with fear of God. You, you know, and I mean, I, I I celebrate what what's happened with Greg Lauren and all these guys, and, um, and when you're a person who follows Jesus, you should be applauding anyone trying to create something that isn't
0: yeah. junk. Yeah.
1: And, uh, and you should be celebrating everyone who's trying to do something that really raises the bar, raises the ceiling, and creates something really extraordinary.
0: Oh, I, th- I think that's such a beautiful place to end. Wow, we've been going for an hour and thirty minutes. I know we could probably go for another two hours. We're we're on this, and there's so many more places to go. But I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Um, you know whether you support this podcast, whether you give to Mosaic, whether you buy it. You know Earl and McManus. McManus. Um, if you don't buy, you should just go and check it out.
1: The just Instagram, be inspired, then create inspired. something yourself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and,
0: uh, but the funny thing is, I guarantee you, within the next year, we will see a lot of vintage military repurpose stuff on the internet from mm-hmm. young guys trying to rip it and, and remember picasso said good artist copy great artists steal
1: yeah, and so if I'm only copying, I'm just a good artist. Maybe yeah. I need to get better at stealing. <laughs>
0: and, and when people like when people hit us up and like you're copying Fear God, I'm like, yeah. We hit them up all the time I'm like, yo, would you do this or would you do this? <laughs> or and I'm sure if we knew Greg Lauren, who do you think we would call him? We call Greg Lauren. If <laughs> yeah, how I did had you make Greg this thing? Lauren? I would have called him and said, bro, can you help me yo, make this you... a little bit better? <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, like like anything that like looks like Renee from RTH, I'm like. You were calling Renee, being like, "Hey, how do I ma- how do I get past this little detail thing? How do I make this Absolutely. thing?" And then, work? then
1: he's like, "Hey, let's let's collab. Let's, let's, call, let's yeah. do, let's do like, something
0: together. Like, easy." Let's, he was like telling you, "Like, let's do this and this, and let's do this." And then yeah, I can help you price this, 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 and this. And mm-hmm. so it's if, if we are gleaning from our friends, we are learning from our peers, and. And I'm the one going through your Rolodex, being like, "Hey, can you ask this person what they would charge for this?" And you're calling Brent and being like, "What would you do?" And he's sending yeah. back, he's sending back research and data because yeah. that's what he is. He, he knows how to do those things.
1: So can I can I close with a uh, a quote on Instagram from Jerry Lorenzo? Yeah. Yes, sir. I want to read this. This is
0: in response to your post that you put po- the, the most recent post. Right? Yeah.
1: So I, yeah. I one of the lines I wrote was, "If my wounds can help one artist find the courage to create, then it's been worth the pain." And so I woke up, and Jerry wrote this. Super sad and you're experiencing hate, but super excited about those who are now free to express their God-given gifts at the highest level and love our God who gave us those gifts simultaneously. The church in many ways has revealed some ugly sides that it has to reconcile with this year. As I've always said, people's opinions always say more about their own personal character than what they're saying to have an opinion on. I hope this opens up more eyes to all that God has created and called us to do. Congrats on the launch. I'm inspired and encouraged, and I'll gladly be the one. Mm. And when I read that, I got a little teary, and I want to just like personally uh, thank Jerry for that public word of encouragement and shout-out, because uh, uh, right now I feel like I'm running down the street naked going, I've put out the best I could do, and... um I'm really grateful to get to do this, really honored yeah. for the people who've supported, and I'm not stopping. Wait till you see what's coming out today.
0: I think today or tomorrow. I mean, we're do drops until the end of the yeah. year.
1: And wait till you see what comes out Friday.
0: I know. Friday's going to be fun. It's going to be beautiful. So beautiful. It's
1: going to be an explosion of color and yeah. beauty.
0: I'm so excited.
1: And it doesn't look anything like Greg.
0: It doesn't look anything like Greg. <laughs> it doesn't look anything like Jerry. It's genuinely unique, but... But, and this is the thing I, oh, dang, okay, we got to close this thing out. Um, thank you for listening to the Bad Ready Podcast. I'm sure we're going to do another episode on this thing because we just have to keep talking about it. We love it. We are artists. This is who we are. And we're not going to apologize for, anymore, for it anymore. And I think we're not going to be, there's, a, there's, a, there's an old Chanel campaign where it's a video and, and it, he's, it's this guy sitting in front of all these paparazzi press conference asking him questions and he says, I'm not going to be who you think I am anymore. Yeah. I'm not going to be who you want me to be anymore. Yeah. He gets up and walks away and walks out of, out of the interview. And I was like, I think that's just the reality is that like we're not going to be limited by anyone's perception of who we should be. I'm like, you should be pr- so pumped that we love Jesus as much as we do, and we love building things as much as we do, and we're going to take risks. Yep. And if we fail, we failed big. And if mm-hmm. we succeed, we're going to succeed big. Mm-hmm. And we could not tell you all of the things in our lives that are the miracles. Like, mm-hmm. I'm living in a miracle right now of one of your friends' generosity, mm-hmm. and I— I literally, am like, I can't post this. I can't even talk about it because people would come at me so hard and I'm living in the miracle and I laughed because I had prayed and said, God, I'm mad at you. And and I walked <laughs> into this this gift he gave me and I told you, I said, I told God I was mad and he gave me this. And I think God's response to our frustration at times is so much different than we could have ever imagined. And I think it was, I reminded me of that verse when he says, throw open the storehouses and see what I do. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it was like, okay, he was... He's speaking to me in a language that I don't understand mm-hmm. in his generosity, and I was living in it in that moment. And I just want to say that because I, I, I'm believing for the success of this company, the same way that we work diligently to grow Mosaic, the same way we uh, work diligently to do this podcast, to write books, and you have accomplished so much in COVID, and I'm proud of you, and I'm oh, and People son. ask me,
1: why do this now? Do you think really this is the right time? Well, this was exactly the right time. People are struggling. They're depressed. They feel anxious. They feel like the, the world has come to an end. I wanted to create something new to let people know yeah. that in the middle of crisis, you can still create.
0: And then in six months when our team is quite large and we take that family photo, and I'm going to post it going, these are all the friends I hired when you were hating. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep pursuing greatness and achieving excellence and making this thing successful. Thank you for listening to the Battery Ready Podcast. Um, we love you so much and we are so grateful for you um merch should have shipped out this last week thank you for being patient and we are (laughs) so pumped you can support the podcast you can rate and review us on itunes you can go to um the the link tree link in our bio on instagram and you can support it financially there you can give 99 cents a month and we're so pumped um we really don't expect anything but you know we do believe that there's value to this podcast and if you get value from it we don't do ads except for our friends ads (laughs) we do this so we hope you enjoy and if you're listening and you don't go to church and you want to check out a church, check uh, join Mosaic for the holidays, mosaic.org slash live every, every Sunday, secret. every weekend. You can check it on YouTube, too, whenever you want. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Take care.